this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is your bomb Wednesday service. I am Naima Cochran, your senior pastor, also known as the senior pastor of Music Sermon. And with me, as always, is my director of HEPS Ministry, not HELPS, but HEPS, Mr. Karin J. Phillips. Hi, Karin. It's popping. I see you with your... Now, this shirt is not just... Is it just Jodeci or is it Jodeci plus some other people? Jodeci plus me. I'm the right. member. I knew there was something about Jody. it. I knew there was something about it. I couldn't remember what. Yeah. Where do you come in relation to Dalvin on the shirt? I'm at the bottom, but that's not my position in the power ranking of the group. Where would your position be in the actual power ranking of the group? It goes Casey, Devontae, me, JoJo, Dalvin. You come before Dalvin? Yeah. Dalvin's at the end. Dalvin's at the end? Yeah. That's such a man's point of view. There's no woman that would say Dalvin is at the end of the Jodeci power. Ranking. I'm just telling you how it goes. You gotta, you gotta understand. You have the mm. uh, the, the face and the voice, which is Casey. You have the production and the writing, which is Devontae, mm. and the person that put the battery in both of their backs, which is you, which is me. <laughs> then you have JoJo, which is you know, the second lead singer. And this is, this is no diss to, to Dalvin. Like we're all cool with this. We know this, like we laugh and joke about this amongst ourselves all the time. But you know, like I'm I'm the guy in the background, but I'm you know one of the most important pieces of uh, arguably, uh, not arguably, but you know one of the top three greatest R&B groups of all time. So that's good to know. This is like a this is like a VH1 behind the music on the low. Yeah, you know, I, I know you have your music sermons and you put people on game, but you know, there are some secrets that you know you don't know. So. Right. So you know what? Before you you just provided us a good segue into one of the things we said we were gonna talk about. We're gonna switch orders a little bit. Before we do, I just wanna remind everybody if you are listening to this podcast, you are doing yourself a disservice because you could be watching the podcast right now so that you could see the shirt that we're talking about. That Karin has on. Karin always gives us a look. I do not put forth nearly as much effort. Matter of fact, y'all almost got my ass laying on this couch talking to y'all from the side. Wear my new edition shirt next week. Oh, you know what? I'll wear mine too. We'll be in unity. Um, we'll rep for the for the any crew. Um, but yeah, you can go to Count the Dings on YouTube and see all of the shows on the Count the Dings feed, including the ones on the Bomb feed, including Crazy Sexy Cool, the OG show which is the Bomb Podcast, our show, um, Woke Bros, and Growing Up the Same. So again, if you are listening to this, turn it off, go to YouTube, find Count the Dings, watch it. 
Okay, having said that, now that Karin has revealed to us the R&B secret that we had no idea about, um, we had a couple of nostalgic R&B and hip-hop moments this past week, weekend, actually, I should say, starting with Lakeisha Cole Ashanti versus uh, rematch, redo, remake, makeup, rain date, whatever the fuck you want to call it, after Ashanti had COVID last time um they were supposed to do it over christmas break karen did you watch no <laughs> why not no listen i forgot they rescheduled i forgot that shit too done this thing so many times i forgot until i randomly checked twitter and saw people tweeting and i was like oh that's still happening oh that's right now then i was like should i cut it on youtube and i was like no what's for um, and it's not because originally when it was scheduled, I was planning to watch it. But after all these hoops, I was just like, for Keisha Cole, I'm not doing all of this. For <laughs> Keisha Cole, I'm not. Like, what has Keisha Cole ever done for me to respect yeah, all this? Cole In my mind, Keisha Cole is still the woman who broke Gigi's heart. And I still haven't forgiven her about that. Aw, I'm sure Jesus, so, Jesus is fine. He's with that, he's no, with he's that not. white woman. Look, look, look where he's at right now. He's not fine. He's, he's not he, fine. He's with that spicy white woman. Um, I mean, who ain't white? Who ain't white? <laughs> you Sean King in her? No, you Sean King? I'm not. She's not white. You're right. She's not white. But she's not black. But she's not white. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Listen, and I love Ashanti. I like movies. I love movies. Mm. I just wasn't going to do it because I was. I saw the recap when they put up how many people were watching. And I was like, that's that it? Because I was said, like, that's a huge drop-off. Well, Swiss said they broke records. I'm still trying to figure out what Swiss numbers... Lying. I'm trying to figure out what numbers Swiss was, was Swiss referencing. Was lying to us. Because, first of all, like you said, few people remembered. I didn't see that much convo about it on the TL. I mean, people were talking about it, but it wasn't like... I wasn't seeing you know no what I'm saying? And so I tuned in. I tuned in late. Um, they were late. I think Keisha, one of them, Keisha or Ashanti was late, like 20, 30 minutes. An hour late, I heard. Or something like, yeah, something crazy. So I tuned in late and I had it playing in the living room. I was doing something in the bedroom and the sound was a hot ass mess. They went back to doing virtual, stay in your house. Um, Even though they tried to like set it up nice. But the sound was a hot ass mess. Keisha DJ was a hot ass mess. And, um, Yeah, Keisha's DJ was a hot mess. Ashanti kept talking about turn my music up, turn it down, slow it down, speed it up. Keisha's shit sounded like they were playing it off like a kid's boombox somewhere. Um, Not distorted, just levels were off. And they took a break at one point. Keisha's DJ kicked off the break playing I'm Fucking You Tonight. And I was like, you have a Kelly queued up? Ready to you go? You must be used to me spending all that sweet wine in the dining. <laughs> Let's stop the bullshit, baby. Let me take you to the spot. Make you hot. Make you hot. <laughs> so you want to be with me, B.I.G., Puff Daddy? Bring that ass to me. This is what you got queued up in January of 2021? When we just put a new president in office after four years of bullshit? My nigga, you had that queued up. Like, this will fuck him up. Bam. I was like, wow. That, however, can, can we speak to it right quick? <laughs> I was like, wow. When we talk about the artists that we can't talk about anymore mm-hmm. or play anymore, that is the one song I like to always bring up and be like, hey, I understand it. I'm with y'all, but I think as grown adults in our own homes where we pay our own bills, I believe you have the right to play and listen to whatever you feel like. Let me finish. Okay. In the confines of your own home. But in public settings, I understand not playing it. But in yeah. public settings, that is the one song that I'm like, play that shit anywhere in a group of black people. And I guarantee you, 8.9% of them <laughs> will catch a bop <laughs> before 15 seconds in. They'd be like, wait, hold up. I ain't supposed to be there. There were definitely this. mad people who were like, oh shit, I forgot this was R. Kelly. That It was yeah. that. It was like, I forgot this was R. Kelly and Big. And... The thing about it, but what it reminded me, though, Karen, like, that used to be my shit, but it reminded me that I can't even enjoy... It's still... No, but it reminded 
me like the lyrics ain't they ain't feel right. I was uncomfortable with the lyrics, like because the lyrics are very, the lyrics are very, the lyrics are very. All that sweet wine is you know, mine's telling me no, but the box. I mean, uh, okay, anyway, bring that ass to me. Okay, never mind. So anyway, uh. But there was a lot happening with Keisha and Ashanti. But here's the thing about that. I know people were excited about the eras and the music. Both them broads are boring. Like, unless... Like, Keisha's interesting if there's a fight about the pop-off somewhere. Ashanti's just boring in general. Like, she smiles, it's cute, whatever. But, like, what I knew there was going to be no... I don't call a woman that fine and cute, okay? She's fine. She's fine, but I mean, the, the little smiling and the cutesy little shit. Like, she plays cute. She plays cute. She's not... Look. I just, they're both, it was boring. It was boring. I, but listen, okay, here's the question I have. From that whack ass versus to this whack thing they're doing with the NFL for Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which is the dumbest idea I've seen in a long time. Am I wrong for feeling like versus is dead? Um, so here's the thing, right? I think that versus maybe peaked and they're not really sure what to do to grow it. But when I did the story on Versus last year, Swizz, they had ideas that I haven't seen them execute yet for whatever reason. I'm not sure what that reasoning is. I do think that Versus has reached a point now where they want to make a little revenue off of it because people who are part of it probably want some artist costs and stuff like that, which means they have to change some direction and decision-making. But the other thing about Versus is that it's never going to have the same energy it did in the beginning. Because one of the reasons Versus was such a draw is because we had no sports. We had no other live entertainment. Like, everybody hadn't pivoted to digital yet during this shutdown. So it was, like, something that nobody else could offer, something like no other medium. And it, it, gave us, it gave us so many outlets. It gave us our live entertainment outlet. It gave us our let's talk shit about competition outlet. We need to score something outlet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gave us all of that. And now our it had a, it always had an expiration date on. Yeah, now because now our entertainment is more or less back to normal, except you just can't go to shit live, right? Um, and everybody's we're adjusted. tired of being on Zooms. <laughs> we're very tired of Zoom. <laughs> I'm very tired, tired of, of watching. Uh, we're tired of Zoom, 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 and entertainment. We're tired of the Zoom, 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 and the boom, boom. Yeah. Um, There's no live entertainment. Like I missed, I I missed the BET Awards so much. Mm. I miss them so much. I do miss live. I do miss live shows. I would have seen so many live concerts by now. But I say all that to say I'm not going to count versus out just yet. Um, because unless the other, they do this three six, if they do this three six mafia UGK thing, I'm with that. Okay, they, they, but and Bun that. said he's with it. Bun said he's a hundred percent with it. So yeah, like Bun told me myself personally that he's with it. So. Like, we just got to make that wait, shit happen. Wait, 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 stop. This is one of those moments where you do that thing again. Right. Okay. You know. So you know I have another podcast other than this podcast. No, no, so, no, 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 no. No, this, this is part of the story. My, I, I, the, my co-host on my other podcast knows Bun. He was UGK's A&R. Now, so, asking about do you know Bun? I, me and Bun know who know each other like casually. I can't hit, but I don't have Bun's phone number. I can't like text Bun. But I've been around. you out, would he be like, what up? Yes. What is Bun's real name? Because to me, he's always been Bun. I don't remember Bun's real name, actually. I don't think anybody calls him by his real name. Like, obviously, <laughs> Pimp C is Chad. No. I actually don't know what Bun's real name is. Every rapper ever, I have heard or know their real name. I have never heard anything of a government name associated with Bundy. I've never ever. heard, like, people call Tom C. Chad all the time. I've never heard anybody call Bun anything but Bun. I don't. People call E40 by their real name. People call Short. Everybody calls Short Todd. I yeah. don't know Bundy's real name. Exactly. Wait, let's look that up. His name is no. Bernard. That's why. Because anybody, they're going to call him B. Like, nobody calls a Bernard a Bernard. Everybody calls a Bernard a Nard. I or have an B. uncle named Bernard. We called him Jack. I didn't know his name was Bernard Why until a couple years ago. Is his middle name James or something? No? Okay, you don't know. Like shit. 
<laughs> Black this, people this, just this, be making up with nicknames they got shit to do. They got shit is, to do with your given name. This, this is what people do in Newport, Mississippi. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That. Um. Anyway, okay. So anyway, so Bun said that he's with it, and he said that he's actually told Juicy and them that he's with it. He's let Swizz and them know he's with it. And after the E forty two, which by the way, E forty two shirt, I thought was a genius idea. That was a genius versus to Didn't me. Watch it, but I but I knew that that was a needed thing. That was a genius versus for me. That if they can keep doing that kind of content, and I mean, listen, there were people out there who needed Ashanti and, and oh, yeah. Keisha. I'm not gonna knock it. I'm just saying that one of the things they have to consider is the entertainment value outside of the music, and I knew they weren't gonna have chemistry. And Bundy and three six. That would be Bundy. amazing. First of all. Jordan, UCJ, is the most, he is one of the most entertaining characters I know. Because I, I was UCJ's product manager for the State Trippy album. He is fucking hilarious. Like, he's actually hilarious. So and I think this is a moment camera, where we could get like a, like a 3-6 reunion. Reunion of the And this is what, this is the part of the show where I want to remind people that, uh, <clears throat> Um, Mr. Don't Play mm-hmm. is one of the greatest albums <laughs> in rap history. Not just oh. rap and music. Mr. Don't Play by Project Pat is top 10. Well, then that's the question. Because like, it's like, do you make it like a, a 3 6 and Project and Pat? Like, do you make it? Right do you make it Juicy J and Paul and Crunchy oh. Black and Pat? Pat needs his own situation. I won't let chat. I want Gangsta Boo. I'm <laughs> Crunchy Black. That's a lot of people on the verses. I want everybody. Okay? If they got to bring some RIP shirts, I want everybody. Mm-hmm. But you give Project Pat his own run, and I would say pull off the best songs off Mr. Don't Play, but it's impossible because it's just 18 tracks of This Is Amazing. This is amazing. I mean, this is even it's amazing. really all a DJ Paul versus if we want to keep it a buck. Ish. Well, no, because Juicy was producing too. I'll take that back. Okay, anyway. We'll see if that happens. Hopefully that will happen. Um, the other pop culture moment that happened this weekend was um, the Salt and Pepper biopic on Lifetime, which was produced, you know, Lifetime is getting into the black content business. Um, it was produced by Queen Tifa and Shaq. And she came Comparos, produced by Flavor Union Entertainment. Can we with, say something? Wait, 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 wait. With Cheryl and Sandy consulting, Salt and Pepper themselves consulting on the story and the production, and Mario Van Peebles directing. So very black in its production. Didn't curl all the way over for me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see one curl. Not just all the way over. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see coil. You didn't see not and coil. Here's the problem. Not near, not near, girl. In this whole show, talking about how Lifetime ain't shit for how they do black people movies. But this is not a laugh type problem. That's why I I wanted to name all the people who were involved. But I appreciate Lifetime for giving us these black movies that we would never have. So it's a love hate relationship. The beef I have is with Salt and Pepper. And this ain't even about the Spinderella part or the fact that they had Herbie playing himself and his brother for no reason mm-hmm. or all the other issues in this movie. My issue with Salt and Pepper is that look look, look me in the eyes, ladies, because I hope y'all wait one day click on this. If Martin Lawrence is your friend, <laughs> what did y'all do to them? <laughs> why? That why Martin Lawrence casting? Get, why did you go get a 48-year-old fat that- actor because Mar- Martin was skinny as shit when he was like 18, 19 years old. That Martin Lawrence casting was horrific. He was so fat and so old. That Martin Lawrence casting was horrific. Oh my and God. if y'all want to know what we mean, go back and watch uh, House right Party. Thing. Do the right thing or House go Party. Or House Do Party. Right it was before House Party. I know, but you can even go to House Party. You can even go to House Party too. You can go to any of them. 
You could go to the sitcom he had before uh, Do the Right Thing. You could go to the first season of Dev Comedy Jam. You could do anything from the span of 1989 to 1992 and look at Martin there. Even if you go to Martin, Martin Martin didn't get fat until he started. You go to the first Bad Boys. (laughs) Marcus Burdett was skinny. In 95. Like, you could go to the bad boys when Martin had top billing over Will Smith. You could go to that, you could go to that one, right? Like, Martin didn't look, Martin just started looking like that in the last decade. Like, real talk. That was awful. That was really cruel. And it also makes me wonder if Martin did something to piss him. <laughs> you could go but, to run tell that in 03 like, after he had all the issues with the drugs. I mean, yeah, that was Martin today. That was not Martin back then. And so for the, but it is true, like Martin and, and, uh, player, Martin and player cousins. So like they was just all putting each other onto the jobs. I will say that I thought the two women who played salt and pepper, this is my problem with biopics often. They get the early days. They get the detail of the early days, really strong and solid. And as we come forward, shit gets rushed. Timelines get blurred. I don't the looks be off. I, and I don't know if it's like the nostalgia factor where they're so focused early on and then they just let it go. I'm not sure what that is. But the two young women, I thought they embodied the essence of early salt and pepper really well. But the other thing is that the problem with that biopic just being like one night and three hours is that it like touched on every issue. It touched on her being salt and it touched on her being controlling and it touched on spin not being a cohesive part of everything and it touched on them not getting the right money and points and everything and it touched on salt getting saved and it touched on pepper and trash but it didn't deep dive into any one thing so it was just like it's like skipping a rock over water you didn't really get the in-depth it was like cliff's notes you know what i'm saying they could have at least taken like two the days. whole scene at the essence performance i was like why is this even in here why like this is a throwaway. Right. He, here, here. It, it wasn't. It wasn't go. any. There wasn't any intricate point to the overall storytelling, unless it was to try to prove that Harvey was wrong about none of your business, or unless it was just because y'all wanted to put a Susan Taylor in there to set the time, which I think that's really what it was. It's like it. It served no point. And even bringing it up to modern day, when they're like, you know, we haven't talked to each other in however long, and we're gonna perform together. Y'all ain't see each other in rehearsals. Y'all ain't. Y'all exactly. just y'all just showed they up. Went under the whole y'all just showed listening. up on stage. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't rehearsed fun. together. Y'all ain't talking about the show. This was the funniest part to me. I remember that VH1 albums. Yeah. They didn't get to do three songs at no. the VH1 albums. In the movie, they did a whole damn concert. Yeah. And I was like, that. that's not what happened. You can YouTube the VH1 albums. They did do a medley of sorts, though. It wasn't that. <laughs> they definitely were dressed like that. Because they, like they did what a man, because they did what a man would invoke. You know what I think? I think that, wanna, 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 I think that the tribute, I think that instead of showing the tribute performances people did for them, they made it as though Salt and Pepper did all the performances themselves. Because they did have some tribute performances done for them. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Because I don't remember y'all being, and I was like, let me YouTube this and make sure I'm not tripping. Right. I yeah, y'all ain't do like five songs. Mm-mm. I mean, my thing is, Salt and Pepper is a story that deserves to be told. I still don't think they really got into the to the groundbreaking aspect of the group, right? Like, again, touched on the fact that Russell said they wouldn't last. Touched on the fact that people were trying to play them for crossing over. Like, they touched on the fact that they started producing and writing on the final album, but they didn't really drive any of it home. And, and Salt and Pepper deserved that. So I'm hoping... That when La gets to hers, because I have to imagine it's only a matter of time before we get to a Latifah joint or a light joint or a Latifah and light joint jointly, like we actually dive a little deeper. And I mean, here's the thing. Flavor Unit, I love La. I love that she has a production company. I love that she is a mogul. I love that she is a storyteller. This is kind of what I expect from a Flavor Unit production. I'm sorry. I love Quality with all my heart and so. But you know, if we look at the, if we look like the track record, you you know the, the still Magnolia's remake. The is ooh. There's a female rapper biopic that I need. 
And you know who it is for one simple reason? Who? I need the Inga marching story. Okay. You just want to see her throwing shit at people? Is that everybody forgets when Foxy first came out, she was 15. Yes. And she looked like she was 25. Yes. And all of us who were in the same age were like, who is that? <laughs> and then we found out was like, wait, like she a year older than us? Mm-hmm. That's a grown woman. And we had never seen anything like that. And it was just like, I mean, shit, Kim was only 15? like Kim was only like 17. Everybody was a baby. Everybody was a baby. Um, so yeah. Shout out to Salt and Pepper. Spin, listen, sis, I know y'all been going through this for quite some time. That was foul. Nah, she was not essential to the group. It was not Salt and Pepper and Cinderella. She wasn't even rapping on the first two albums. She wasn't even on the first album at all. Like, I'm just they saying. They gave her character one line in a three-hour movie. <laughs> which was analogous to how they played her in real life, actually, in fairness, which is why I'm just she saying. She produced beats. She has production. No, clothes. Herbie produced them beats. Spin wrote on one song on one album. Those were Herbie. Spin didn't even spin. She just she was a character. She was a work for hire. I'm just saying she was gorgeous. She added to the aesthetic. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. She added to the look. She added to the you look. The beautiful gowns. She added to the look. Like spin is essential to the look of salt and pepper. And I know people are gonna be mad at me for saying this. Just hear me out. No, she's the finest I'm, member. I'm, I'm saying this as a real-time grew up with Salt and Pepper fan. Yeah, she's the finest member. Spim was essential to the aesthetic of Salt and Pepper. Yes. She was not essential to the energy of Salt and Pepper. Nobody was buying a Salt and Pepper vi- album for Spinderella. Correct. It was essential that as the first female rap group, they had a female DJ. But Spin did not spin. And had they replaced Spinderella with yet another Spinderella, it would not have made a difference. That's all I'm saying. And so, she was the finest member. She was fine. But listen, Salt, until had, Salt had her moments, though. Salt had until, her moments. Until Salt showed up in the shoot video. Because I always felt like Salt on. was the flyest. Hold on. Hold on. I always felt like Finn was gorgeous, but Salt was the flyest. Yeah, I yeah. always thought she was the flyest. Um, even in the early days, I thought she was the flyest. So it's like, I get it. But even when like Spin started rapping with them, Salt and Pepper's first two albums, they were spitting fire. Like, they have flow, they have bars, and granted, it was Herbie's pen, but still, like, Spin didn't even really have the same delivery, so I get it. Like, she feels like she should be considered part of the group, but, like, you weren't really part of the group. You were an ancillary. You were, like, it was like being a sweetheart. Like, it was like that. I'm just saying. It just... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Karen left, y'all. Sorry. Okay, you came back. <laughs> it was. I'm not. All right, let's here. move on because I'm. I don't. I don't, don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move I on. Quit. I quit the podcast. We'll move I'm, on. <laughs> I'm not doing it. We'll move done. on. So last week, I put Karen in the uncomfortable position. We'll move on. So last week. We were taping on the night before our inauguration and sending our prayers out that all would go well. Thankfully, all did. Um, I hope every sweetheart in New York jams you up. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of left anymore. It's not. They don't really, they're like, they don't exist really like that. No offense to the sweethearts, though, but I'm just saying they're not. I don't want to be here anymore. Auxiliary organizations don't really. Okay, anyway. Um, so the inauguration, right? So we won't spend too much time on it because it has been a week ago. So it's almost old news. I just want to remark that it was a beautiful day to me. And it said, um, you could tell they consciously wanted to make sure they set a tone that there was a change of the guard. Would you agree? Like, Karen, stay with me. Would you agree? Would you I can't, agree I can't. With that? I just, like, listen, okay. listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the greatest mean girl moves I've ever seen anybody I wasn't trying to be mean. I'm just saying. Why your voice getting so high? I wasn't trying to be mean. 
I really, I promise I love it, but this was not. Don't let, y'all, don't listen to Karin. I'm not a mean girl. I'm not. I'm very kind. I am. Look, it was. It was. Look, inauguration, the Bernie meme was hilarious. Michelle was wonderful. The Bernie memes were hilarious until they put Bernie next to Rosa Park, and then it was then it was a wrap, and everybody. Tom, Tom it was done as usual. <laughs> the 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 finesse Mitchell clip that you posted had me in tears. That was the funniest days. shit. Okay, so everybody, please go, go on Instagram and find finesse Mitchell. He did a VO, He did a voiceover Mitchell. of some like kind of like. I don't even want to call it BTS, but like clips of people like talking to each other and milling about out after the formal ceremony. And it is the funniest thing. I have watched, I watched that, that thing so bird. many she times. Got a bird on her chest. She was like, you see Gaga Bird? She's like, you got a whole ass bird on you. That is crazy. Is it dead? <laughs> and the hills over, you seen Bill? Bill, Bill anybody Bill? seen Bill? No, but she was like, don't tell me to sh- I used to run this bitch. Don't tell me to shit. Who said something about the goddamn email? And is he funny because he does Hillary, um, Obama, wow. uh, Gaga, uh, Bill, J-Lo, A-Rod, Nancy, um, and, and a couple of other, like, side people. But even when, like, there's a point where Bill Clinton is, like, dapping everybody up as he's leaving the day is and he's like what's up what's up what's up y'all miss me don't you i used to have this bitch lit <laughs> yo that was the best thing of inauguration day that was that is that two minute video it was so good it was so good but like i i do want to remark that one of the things I really appreciate about Inauguration Day is that the fact that they couldn't do all the pomp and circumstance that they usually do meant that the Biden administration got to work midday. Um, Kamala had to go to the Senate to swear in um, Ossoff and Warnock. And there was a third senator. I can't remember who. Um, and Was it the independent one? Maybe. I think. Possibly. I think possibly. Um, Biden went to his office to sign the first of 17 immediate executive orders. Bro, um, they was working on their day off. We had our first press briefing. Oh, Jesus. That started oh. with a with the declaration that it, they the um goal was to bring back transparency and truth. And everybody on every newscast was like, I forgot how these motherfuckers are supposed to run. Like Simple things were startling. Um, Biden addressed white supremacy in his inaugural speech. He addressed the insurrection in his inaugural speech. He didn't he didn't put flowery language on it. He didn't use cold words on it. Like he spoke very directly and succinctly about where we were, what we what we needed to work to move from. And then when he swore in his appointees later on that day, he spoke at length about George Floyd. Um, he spoke about the fact that decency had been missing from the White House for four years. And he said that if he found out any of his staff was, were mistreating anyone else, they would be fired on the spot. He made that very clear. So we already know that they have one of the most stressful transition periods probably in modern history. They've clearly hit the ground running. But like I said, I'm, I'm appreciative of it. Um, and of the immediate, like, this shit going to feel different. Like, we're going to do everything different. The Even the press secretary, um, wasn't it? Is it Jen? Um, I forgot. The white lady. I don't want to say her name wrong. This was just white awful. The, pre- the new press secretary. I want to say her first name is Jen, but I want to get her last name right. But she, she, she has like a whole but she has like a, speech. There's a silent letter at the beginning of her name, which is why. But it's just, again, just seeing, she even answered questions from citizens on the White House account the other day with no snark, no condescension. Um, also, very, 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 very important, the first dogs are now in residence. Champion Major Biden, German Shepherds, folks, um, showed up, got moved to the house on Sunday. It is the first time we have had pets in office since the Obama administration. Um, 
Bush, I mean, Trump was one of only two presidents ever, I think, that did not have a pet. Um, and there's about to be a first cat as well very soon. So yeah, it's just little things um, that you realize that you miss. Like I realized during the outstanding inaugural poem, shout out to Amanda Gordon, by the way, um, that art and culture was coming back to the White House, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It was a multicultural inauguration in terms of the people who were represented, the faces that were represented. J-Lo was speaking Spanish. (laughs) J-Lo was speaking Spanish and J-Lo got a little bit carried away. She forgot where she was for a minute. Um, but that's okay. Hey, I, hey, I would have got caught up in the rock too <laughs> if I was out there. When she got to the let's get loud, I was like, my goodness, Jennifer. Hey, if it was me, I would have threw in a nigga we made it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not bad at her. I'm not um, bad at her. So yeah, it was it was a good day. And I, you know, as we knew, today was the fourth full business day of the Biden administration, and niggas already got shit to say. Biden said he was gonna do X, Y, Z on day one, and I'm like, do y'all, y'all, do y'all really not understand? Like, do y'all really not understand how Congress works? Do you really not understand that? That man, that even, man ain't got his got his work badge, his work ID. Like, yet. he don't even have an extension on his phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, his email ain't even. Like, do y'all not understand that? His Peloton ain't even hooked up yet. Biden said that he was going to execute the new stimulus plan immediately. I get that, right? But immediately means as soon as Congress can draft the plan and pass the plan, right? So, like, if you tell your mama, your boss, or somebody, I'm going to do something immediately, it means I'm going to start work on it immediately. It doesn't mean I'm going to complete it immediately. It means I'm going to complete it as soon as I can. But people, dumbasses don't know how the three le- three branches of government work. So, they, you know, don't. they don't. And I was having conversations about that this morning on Twitter. And people were really arguing with me about the functions of Congress versus the functions of the executive office. You just argue with the people I tell you to block all the I know. Time. I thought about you, too, because I was like, Harm would have been like, you should have blocked these motherfuckers. Um, Congress is literally the legislative branch. So even though Biden presented a plan, right, on January 15th, let me back up. Because people were also like, Congress should have been working on this. The last stimulus plan was signed by Trump on December 27th. The first of 2020, that wasn't even a month ago. That was a month ago yesterday. Tomorrow, a month ago tomorrow. The first session of Congress for 2021, the first joint session was January 6th. Mitch McConnell then adjourned the Senate until January 19th. Biden introduced his framework for a plan on January 15th. When was Congress supposed, when was Congress supposed to work on it? When, at, what, at what point? Also, the president... And then people like, well, he could sign an executive order. The president can only sign executive orders pertaining to laws that are already on the books. The president cannot sign an executive order to do something that there is not already a bill or law established for. People. Nor can he sign an executive order about spending. Nor can he do that. And we just got a treasury secretary last night. People are stupid. And they think the president could just write up some shit on Microsoft Word, print it off and sign it. And, That's what they think. and Trump helped to promote that idea. But what people Cause, need to... Because he do, he doesn't understand how the presidency Well, because he doesn't government. understand how the presidency works. But also, two things people need to understand. Most of what Trump was signing executive, or, executive orders for was undoing some shit that was already done, A. And B, half the executive orders that he signed were for pageantry only. Them shits didn't actually mean nothing, do nothing, because he doesn't read anything. He just wanted to sign shit. It was all like day. when he took that picture with all the HBCU presidents, remember? Because exactly HBCU like was supposed to get all that money. It was performative. It was, it was like when he took a picture in front of the church holding the Bible upside down. Like it's the same thing. Like Trump was just doing shit to do it. Um, Biden has signed quite a few executive orders to undo things, things that Trump did, redo stuff that Trump undid. Um, like we get we getting uh, Harriet back on the twenties. Bring that conversation back. Stopping, stopping construction on the wall. Halting immigration, all the immigration action immediately. Strengthening DACA. Yeah, um, yeah. Everybody today, forgot some kids still in cages, y'all. Um. Today he and they and they're working on actually reuniting families, but he signed I think like six executive orders on administ- on um immigration reform already. 
Um, but we just got a Secretary of State today. Today's Tuesday. We just got a Secretary of State confirmed yesterday, Monday. We just got a Secretary of Defense last week. And we just got our, what was the other thing we got? The first woman in the role. Um, I forgot. It'll come back to me. Anyway, um, because since Mitch McConnell adjourned Senate, they didn't confirm any of his cabinet Mm -hmm. nominations, which usually happens before inauguration. Mitch McConnell isn't used to being around with a full cabinet, so you know he don't. He don't know how that works, right? So anyway, I say all that to say, the probation period for a presidency is usually the first hundred days. It'd be nice if motherfuckers let these people rock for the first hundred days to see what they were going to do. Like, give them an extra hundred, given all the shit. They're they not going to do that. Shit. Nobody's going to do that. But I'm like, day four, like y'all niggas got shit to say day four. Really? They have shit to say day two. They have shit to say day one. They have shit to say day negative fifteen. Like I just don't understand you, what the you know who those people is. are. With what people? Those people that complaining on day four are the same people who on day four still ain't brought their draft license and social security card to HR so that, <laughs> get they, so that they can get their direct deposit paperwork in. But then they complain about their check, check not coming? always be a paper check. And then they be mad that they ain't got their check. The other thing... go to the bank and deposit this? Yes, fool, because on day you four, you still didn't have your paperwork. The other thing I want to bring up, we robbed the Bernie memes, and I'm just going to say this really quickly and move on. Because now all of a sudden it's like, People like posting the picture of him getting arrested. Uh, protesters like, this should be what's going viral. Okay, listen. We understand that uh, Bernard Sanders, at 21 years old, at the University of Chicago, which is one of the top liberal arts schools in the country, was act was a, was an act was a student activist and involved in sit-ins and protests and got arrested a couple times. Right. So did a gang of other white college students in the 60s. Like, y'all, you have your hand up? No. Okay, go. Um, There's also another white man who went to a very good liberal arts college who ran for student government associate, who who was president of student government association um, and considered himself an activist. His name is Sean King. I just wanted to put that out there to compare and contrast that just because you're a white man and you do these things, it don't mean that you ain't shit. But you know, a lot of people still think that's Sean King is whatever. So, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna put it like this. Y'all saw all the white people that were out there. And listen, white people, if you're an ally, like, I appreciate it, right? So don't take this the wrong way. But y'all saw how many... I thought many... you were about to say all allies matter. No, but <laughs> y'all saw how many white people were down for the cause, out in the streets, marching, participating last summer, right? Y'all saw that it actually was a bigger, you were a bigger standout if you weren't part of it than if you were last summer. That was a very similar energy and environment to to the one that Bernie was part of in the 60s during the original civil rights movement. Again, at a liberal arts college in a major city with a large black population. Right? Right. Um, less, in a city that has a long history of people riding and marching everywhere. Also that, like a very activist heavy city. I'm just saying, let's put it in the proper context because that shit was literally 60 years ago. And if y'all don't quit telling me what this fucking white man who has no friends in, in, in government, that's why he can't like, never win nothing. Never wanted to actually address race directly, would always pivot to class when you try to talk about race, did 60 years ago that probably half your liberal arts professors in college also did 60 years ago because that's what privileged white people who were liberal did at that time and still do today. We saw it last year. This would be like anybody who got arrested last year. If we're in like 2070, motherfuckers being like, they got arrested in summer 2020. Yeah, so did a gang of other people. Like, I'm just saying. The funniest, the only example. Please stop deifying Sanders for this shit. The only example you need to bring up with about Bernie Sanders and race and how out of touch he is about actual race issues that, you know, races deal with, is just go find that story about what Simone Sanders said she dealt with as a part of his team. Mm-hmm. And then Bernie was like, oh, I had no idea she was dealing with shit. 
And it was like, no, 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 fam. That's not what you've been preaching. But you don't even know what the, what the highest ranking black people on your team is dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Right. And you're like, really? I had no idea. You guys are treating her wrong. Who Simone knew? Sanders jumping from Bernie to Biden should be all you really need to know. To me. To me. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well. I'm just saying. Simone Sanders, who is now in the White House, by the way, who has a job in the White Who is on White House staff. Gotta know which, which team gonna win in the end. Just saying. Okay, so I don't want to get I don't want to get the 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 rose roses in my um fucking mentions. Um, God, y'all little ones I don't like him. You go get you whatever. you go get the affiliate groups, the oh auxiliary my, groups, the auxiliary, the Bernie auxiliary groups. Um, Jesus, the Bernie sweethearts. The, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Sandra sweethearts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You wanted you wanted to bring up Steve Harvey before we get yeah. out of here. Oh, before we go, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Harvey's in the headlines because somebody did an interview with him. I don't know why they did an interview with this man <laughs> about how he feels about Michael B. Jordan and Lori. And you know, to paraphrase what Steve said, y'all can read it. He was like, yeah, I like him. But, you know, like I am with any of, of the bid my daughters bring home, mm. I'm always, like, this close from hating them if they do them wrong. <sighs> where, where, where should I start first? Just pick a place. Um, but let's, I'll take it from the man angle before I go to Steve okay. Hart. I hate when men do this. Right. And listen, we have talked about on this show about you how men, like, you I, mentioned this. Like yes. I talked on the show about how I don't want kids, but but still, and I will never be in a position to be like my daughter's bringing a dude home. Mm. But if I was, I would not be like Steve Harvey because I have dealt with dads like that for years. And right. one I know how to win the mom. It's never the mom. It's always the dad. And it's always like, fam, you win them over by being honest. Yes. Because I remember one dad was just like, oh. You like, told the dad that he asked your intentions and you told him that your intentions were to sleep with his daughter. And he asked me, what, did, I, what, did I want to? Mm. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, why else would I be here? Like, why would that not be my list of goals like then I'm just wasting my time and my money right now if that's not in the plan sir um but it's like in those moments you're just like fam why are you charging me up you know the game you used to be in this position either I'm better at this at this age than you were or I'm worse than you and you mad at the mistakes I'm making but don't be no super oh I can hate you Fam, you know how this goes. That's not your job. <laughs> that that that's not in the rule book. Like, who made that up? But actually, fathers do feel like it's their job. I don't know who made that up, but that's what. Because you know, fathers still think their job is to, like, listen. Any parent's job is to protect their kids, and any parent is going to feel a way about people who hurt their kids. I understand that. Because you also get to an age where you realize you can't tell your parents everything that you went through in a relationship because when y'all make up, your parents still be mad, that shit. So I get I get it in theory, but I don't think it's I don't think it's as cute to say and boast about as like parents think. Like the like the whole um bad boy scenario where you got Will playing oh, no, crazy that, uncle oh, oh, no, and coming out with the gun. That's hilarious. Okay. That, in that's real, what I, in real life, yeah. though, is it? Because yeah. if you're a dad, think about it the other way, though. If you're a father and your son comes home and tells you that he went through that, you ready to go fuck somebody up? No, you'd be like, oh, it happened to me, son. It's right of past. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would be like, if you don't put that gun down, bring your ass in this house. I'm just saying. I feel like that's silly. You, know, you got to have every, every man's had that Reggie moment. A couple uncles over there. You got to go in the backyard. Yeah. Now, answering some hard questions is fine because women yeah. do that. Women grill the fuck out of other women. Oh, my God. Like, 
the tests we have to pass are different because there's so much more subtle. Y'all's mm. are very overt. Yeah. Ours are very subtle. It can be anything from what you wore to whether you offer to help in the kitchen. And some in some cases it can be good. In Make it a plate. It, in some cases it can be bad. Um, you know, you get a little, you get side little quotes or some questions on some church etiquette or some Sunday school stuff or some Bible verse. Like it could come in any way. It can come in so many different forms that you got to be careful because also with women, you never really know if they're sliding you a test question or just talking to you. That shit can be very subtle. So, and the first question is always, who are your people? Who are your people? Where you from, baby? Who are your people? See, I can get around that because my people are spread out. Now, you know, my, I don't really meet folks anymore who know my people like that. So I can get around that question. No, but um, also the part that Steve messed up, it was just like, Steve, you can't publicly say this. But also, it's about, Michael B. Jordan. Like, what the fuck are you talking seven, about? It's the sexiest man alive. It's also like a mega A-list superstar. Like, he's a bigger star than your ass. What do you... Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking like the about? power structure here. Yeah, the dynamic is off, fam. Yeah, fam, you. Which may be why he felt he had to say it. Like, but you, you, War Machine, he Tony Stark. Like not... Michael B. Jordan is being nice to you and being respectful to you, just out of decorum and protocol. He does like he he. he and then he said, "Hate that." I was like, "Did you not see Creed one and two? <laughs> did you? Right. Did you? He threw Black Panther." Over a waterfall. Right. I don't think you want that smoke. I, no, the man had to go to therapy because he went that deep into the character Killmonger. Right. Like, you I don't, don't think that. you don't, you want, don't that. want that smoke. And also, fam, you'd have been married 47 times. Yeah. Not to mention, not to mention, Michael B. Jordan also know them streets from The Wire. Like, he got all them sides. Oh, no. He, he got all them sides. That's the stuff. Sound like Wallace didn't get popped early, okay? Wallace, <laughs> Wallace was a snitch. Let's I'm just not saying. forget that Wallace was a snitch. Wallace, Wallace was still in them streets. He, he just had he just happened to know how to save himself in the streets. Listen, we memorialize Wallace in the way that I don't agree with people. Let's just come to this. Wallace had to go. Wallace okay? was trying to make a better life for himself. He deserved it. <laughs> Wallace knew who he Wallace was selling was drugs for. He knew how they got down, and he knew why he had to run away. He also knew when he came back, this might not work out well for me. He just didn't think his boys is going to be the one to pull the trigger. He didn't think Bodie and Poot was going to do it. He thought it was going to be somebody else. Savino, Weebay, but he knew that the shit was eventually going to go, because okay. he knew his ass was a snitch. You got to stop memorializing Wallace. Wallace was trying to make a better life for himself. I'm just saying, Michael B. Jordan ain't the one to be sticking your chest out being like, well, you know, if he treats my daughter wrong. Nigga, it's Michael B. Jordan. Now, I'm not saying he should be dogging your daughter out, but let's just be realistic here. That's all. Also, also, if Michael B. Jordan did dog her out, um, there's another father that she could go to. That nigga's (laughs) in jail, though, however. Huh? But that nigga is in prison. I know. <laughs> so. Right. If you were Lori, mm-hmm. which father would you reach out to <laughs> to get things look? done? <laughs> valid. Okay, that's valid. That's like, valid. Who could that's make the valid? proper phone calls that's to handle this situation? That's I'm going to call my real daddy. Mm-hmm. Not, not Mr. Family Feud. That's that's not that's not do. I, I was just like Steve. Steve has a lot all, to lose. Steve has a lot to lose. I, I was just like, yeah, like you know the game. Yeah. Also, like that's not your role, player. Like that's not your line. Like, I think my thing is actually the fact that like we talked about this, and not to dwell on this because we're gonna wrap up in a minute. But what we talked about when we talked about Lori was the fact that Lori herself doesn't comment on this. So <laughs> I think really what should have happened is that when somebody asked Steve, he should have gone, you know what? My daughter's relationships are her business. Or ask there you Lord. go. That's all. That's all. It's her business. She don't talk about. I'm not gonna talk about. She's a grown woman. Grown ass woman. Grown woman. Have you seen her? Don't she look like a grown woman? Yes, she does. <laughs> Thank, yes, Lord. That's a grown ass woman. Lord. Yes, it is. God is right. good all the you time. You know what? Hmm. So, uh, I got two shouts. I want to give. We want to uh, put 
Trey Song's on the prayer list. Because he's out here putting police officers in headlocks, and I don't really know what's going on hey, in his man. mind. Tremaine um, Neverson has always been about that life, if you listen to reports. He, he, he acted like he still had them cornrows from back in the day. Um, from that, we gonna make it. From them, we gonna make it. Petersburg, there. Virginia. <laughs> um, and secondly, I want to give a shout out to whatever black person realized that you should put lemon and pepper together, because I went to. Are you talking about your tweet I just saw? Yeah, I had to go to the pharmacy a minute ago to pick up a script before we started taping, and as I rounded the corner. I saw, and I haven't been over there in a while because I had been gone for a minute and, as, and I, had, I had no occasion to go over there. And as I rounded the corner, I saw the big green lights of Wingstop. And I stopped and I said, oh my God. And it's not open yet. Well, Coming soon? Really excited. Yeah, it's got like, like everything's on, but it's got, you know, when they got the news, like the brown paper up in the window so you can't see what's going on inside. If you put it up on Google Maps, it's not going to say it's a it restaurant. It may not be there yet. Um, so the closest winning stop to me is quite, it's not, it's in Harlem, but it's not in a convenient place for me to get to. Like, it's not in a way where I pass it coming home. Like, I have to make a deliberate effort to go to Wingstop. I don't ever just be like passing by Wingstop. You want me to give you a secret? And they don't deliver it to my house from there. I'm going to give you the secret. What? Since um, living in Chicago, since I've left Atlanta, I went through a trial run mm. of how to get these wings to taste like they live in pepper wings from Atlanta. Mm. And I figured it out. I'm sharing this with the world. Okay. It doesn't matter if you do this on Uber Eats, DoorDash, or if you call or do it online. One, when you put in your wing order, always bone in. Okay, people. Of course. First step, always bonus. Because if you're not going, if you're going to get boneless wings, just get chicken fingers. What the fuck is wrong with you? Two, always click or type in or tell them the extra well done option. Yes. Three, this is the most important. If there's an area where you can type, type this, or if you're on the phone, say, I would like extra, extra, extra lemon pepper seasoning <laughs> on my wings because I, i've learned when you leave the south mm. they just do a light sprinkle right and they don't dredge them <laughs> like they supposed to in the south right. the entire wing is supposed to be covered oh not little sprinkle here every every bite so yes you have to put extra well, extra the wing south on two fit the wings up on two fit they got it cracking now I live in Washington Heights, which is still an ethnic area, although it's not a black area. So it remains, I, I got to test it out because this is also not a lemon pepper wing area, right? This is still like get the wings from the Chinese spot area. So, you know, we're going to have to see how how they come with it. But I'm excited because I do not have satisfactory wing options for me in my immediate delivery range. And I've learned how to actually make wings at home Good lemon pepper wings. I right? just made some Sunday. I just don't always feel like doing that shit. Yeah, I just made some. I can Monday. do them in the air fryer. I just don't always feel like doing that shit. So shout out to you, lemon pepper black person, because I know it was a black person. Because of course it was a black person in whichever Atlanta strip club that shit popped off in. Um, we appreciate you. We we say your name without knowing your name. And and we honor you every time we order lemon pepper wings. But I'm so ready for that wings. You, you got to uplift the ancestors. <laughs> Yo, I'm so ready for that first order. Y'all, look, I'm going to tweet when it happens, too. I'm excited. Extra well done. I'm excited. Extra, extra, extra lemon pepper <laughs> on me. Watch. You gonna I'm going to give them one. Like, no, I'm going to get. I always do the extra well, the fried hard. But I'm going to give them one shot to see how much they season it. Because you can't be sure can't be sure of black people up here right like you can't you can't really be sure because i'll fuck around and, and the whole thing just be sodium in my mouth i gotta but like not the good so like it'll be too much so i gotta let them i gotta i gotta see what my base level is first all right guys um we are gonna get out of here because we're at an hour plus probably um i feel like there's something coming up this week that i met oh the um the John David Washington um, Zendaya movie um, premieres soon on Netflix. Are you speaking of my classmate? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, you you're are. More, you're more that my classmate. Um, 
And there's some other good movies. There's some good black movies coming down the pipeline that are coming. Oh, yes. I will tell y'all this. Um, American Skin. Mm-hmm. Look, I know how y'all feel about Nate Parker, but get over it for two hours and watch American Skin. It is immediately one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of the realest things of any depictions about race and 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 the uh, criminal justice system mm-hmm. in a movie I have ever seen. Not a documentary, but a movie of mm-hmm. telling a story of how Black people feel and having that raw, honest conversation. It mm-hmm. is outstanding. Hats off to Nate Parker. And the Fred Hamden joint is coming. But I was getting there. Okay. I got an early look at Judas and the Black Messiah. I heard it's out. Standing. I heard it is fucking phenomenal. I heard it's phenomenal. The Five Bloods. I was like, oh, Spike got this liked up. Delroy Lindo's winning everything. Mm -hmm. Then I saw my Rainey's Black Bottom. And I said, oh, no. Chad Chad winning everything. Yeah. I saw Judas and the Black Messiah. They are going to win every fucking thing Mm. they are going to be nominated for. There is a scene in that movie that when Daniel Kaluuya gets memorialized, they're just going to play this scene of Fred Hampton giving this speech in this room. And I have never watched a movie scene where it made me sit up in every hair on my body, every goosebump. Mm. And I was like, oh, all right, you know how you felt? And that two-minute monologue that Chadwick Boseman does in, in My Rainy? Yeah. About God? Yeah. It made that look like some shit a nigga on the corner. <laughs> okay. Okay. Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield and Dominique Fishback. Yo. Yo. I don't want to put notes, but like when y'all see this movie, y'all gonna be like... No, obviously I saw that. Somebody was yeah. like, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Yes. This I, I, That movie is so good. Right after it, in the same package, was The Little Things mm-hmm. with Denzel, Rami Malek, yeah. and... Uh, Joker, what's his name? White Jared dude. Girl. Oh, Joker. Jared um, Joker. Um, you said Jared Joker. Leto. Jared. He okay. In um, in Suicide Squad. Joaquin. Oh, okay, no. Jared Leto. Oh, Jared Leto. Okay. The little things is a really good movie. The little things also has a scene where it's all three of them acting. I watched it immediately after Jews and the Black Messiah, and I was like, this shit whack. <laughs> then I had to remember no it's Ooh, not you were watching. <laughs> watched after right. arguably one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life and I right. was just like my bad Denzel it went whack it was just it was like it was like going to see it was like that tour when Bobby Brown went on right before Al B. Shore <laughs> And you was just like, <laughs> I don't even want to be That's on so my own no more, girl. That's so I just, just want to be about my prerogative. That's what talk, it was. You had the nerve to talk about me and auxiliary groups. That was really rude. That was really rude. We're going to wrap it up on that. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up on that note. On that note, now that Card and I have both sufficiently insulted Black institutions, um, it didn't mean her. The salt pepper was the Martin Lawrence in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Martin, we, that was oof. Listen, I, I'm gonna light a candle for you, Martin. You ain't deserve it. Martin, you give them, give them your money. Martin, give Martin Cooper his money. Martin, you had periods of your life where you wasn't shit, but you ain't deserve that. Um. Oh, the other thing I do want to point out in the Salt and Pepper movie is that high top fades ain't never been that dense, mm-hmm. that um, that perfectly geometrically shaped. Or that shiny. They do not look like solid masses of hair. And what people keep getting they wrong. Look like black, uncooked ramen noodles stacked mm-hmm. on top of each other. And what people keep getting wrong about high top fades, even in their renaissance that they had a little while ago, is that it's still a 
fade. There is a taper. There's a taper on the sides. There's a taper in the back. Motherfuckers just bowl Yeah, they just bowl cut it. You be looking like you got a big ass cylinder on your head. That's not, that's not, a, it's still the a fade. person that successfully bowl cut it was Kid. He was the only He didn't one. even do it. I pulled up pictures of Kid. Kid had a fade. It was a fade. It was a light taper, but it was a taper. It's still real light. But listen, as someone who used to have a, a, a cold fade, yeah. my thing was right. It's supposed to be a fade. Matter of fact, um, one woman, I was talking about it, and one woman was like, how about this fade I just did? And I was like, you got the hair shape right, but sis, there's a, it's a fade. Where You got to taper it off. That keeps it from looking so drastic. It keeps it from Where's looking like blend it keeps Where's it from looking blend? like somebody just sat the shit on top. It's not supposed to look like somebody just sat the shit on top of your head. That's not. It's not supposed to look like Steve Harvey's hairpiece that he had for no, the years. No, it is not. So, and we have references. You can find the picture of Big Daddy King getting his haircut. Mm. You can find pictures of Kid. There are pictures to look at for reference. And I know you always see them from the front, but if you look, you can see. You see the you can see the blend. You can see the taper. You can see it. You can see that they even, you can see Bobby's, that they changed them blades Bobby's, as they got in them. Bobby's Gumby. Yeah. It's Fantastic a fantastic blend. High top fade. It's a fade. Okay. That's it. Okay, we done for real. All right, guys. We recognize that you could be listening to or watching. You should be watching, not listening to anything right now. We do not take it for granted that you're with us. And we will see y'all next week. And fuck Van Jones. <laughs> we ain't forget. We still on it. Ain't shit changed. Stop giving that white man your money. That too. Later. <laughs>